Hey, I am going to induct you into a fellowship this morning. You know, I grew up loving this idea of adventure and movies like Goonies and Lord of the Rings and those type of quests speak to my heart because all of us are on a journey and all of us have been chosen to be traveling companions together. So I am inducting you today. Everybody raise your left hand. Right hand, whichever hand you want, and repeat after me. I pledge today to be part of this journey and serve the King of Kings. Okay, I just made that up. But you are all now part of the fellowship of the crackpots. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are a cracked pot. That's what this series is all about, right? It's about traveling through life together. That when we go through life, we get dings and we get cracks and we get scars and we get broken. But God has this great treasure inside of you. This redemptive message of hope. And you have been chosen if you are willing to accept this challenge to follow him all of the days of your life. Uh, Anybody like the Olympics in here? Okay, back in 1992, I watched the Olympics and I will never forget that, that time. There was a British runner. He was getting ready to run the 400 meter race. He was favored in that race. His name was Derek Redman. Uh, He went, ran the first heat. He had the fastest time. He was favored to win the entire Olympics to receive the gold medal. Uh, He had gone through a lot. He'd been through five surgeries in four years. And just four months before the Olympics, he had torn his Achilles heel, uh, heel, but he was back to run. And he was in great form. And for the first time in the last few years, he was injury-free as he got ready to enter the Barcelona Olympics. And I will never forget that quarterfinal when he got ready to race. Derek Redmond from Britain took off, leading the way for 150 meters when he felt something pop inside of his leg. And he tried to continue running, but then the searing pain was so much that he just collapsed to the ground. He thought to himself, I just have to finish the race. If I can just finish the race, I can come back for the finals and be ready to go. He said, they're only 100 meters ahead of me. That's what he would later say. I thought like I could catch him. And so he stands up and he begins to hobble towards the finish line. Doctors come running out to him. Officials come running out to him. He just keeps shooing them away. He's in tremendous pain. You can see it on his face. He's dedicated his life to this moment. And he continues to push forward one step at a time. When all of a sudden this older gentleman leaps over the barriers to the track. Runs out to this racer, this runner. And Derek Redmond doesn't know who he is at first and tries to shoo him away. But then he realizes it's his dad who knew that his son was in pain, knew how much his son had sacrificed for this moment and wasn't going to let him run this race by himself. And he comes along beside his son and he grabs a hold of him and says, son, you're a champion. You don't have to do this. And he said, dad, I've got to finish the race. And he said, then we're going to do it together. And doctors and officials would run up to them and try and get them to come off the track. And both of them, the dad is now protecting his son as his son is just writhing in pain and he's shooing him away. The dad's not going to let anybody get his son, distract his son from the mission that he came to, 
to Barcelona to complete. Later on, he would say, my country sent me to Barcelona not to start a race, but to finish a race. And I was going to do it. And you can just see, I, go home and watch the video. I wish we could show it today. But Derek Redmond and his father crossed the finish line together. Now listen, friends. What I love about that is that there's going to be a time in your life. Some of you uh, are sitting next to old people in here. Seventy doesn't seem quite as far away as it used to, to. Can I get an amen? Now listen, here's the thing. Some of you, the longer you live, it is not a question of if you're going to come up limping someday. It's really a matter of when. And you are going to be beaten up and you're going to fall down and you're going to have injuries and you're going to have hurts and you're going to have scars and you're going to have cracks, cracks and you're going to wonder how in the world can I continue running being this broken. I can't even make it another two steps. How in the world can I finish the race? And this whole passage is about these fragile clay jars that hold this incredible treasure. And God knew because of sin and because of the enemy that he was going to come in and he was going to allow us to be broken. And it was this big plan of Satan to destroy the creation that God loved so much. And God said, you think that you've won the battle, but you haven't. Because even as my followers and my children begin to decay and break and fall apart, I've got a secret. And that's that they are going to be redeemed and reclaimed and be given everlasting life and fellowship with me. I don't know about you, but when I, I start limping a little bit and I start struggling in my race, Sometimes I think about Indigo Mantoya. Does anybody know who that is? There was a movie that came out in 1987 called The Princess Bride. It's a children's movie, really. It's one of my favorite movies, right? But there's this quest of this man by the name of Wesley to win back his one true love. And it's got so many teachable lessons in it about how God feels about us and, and as you wish and things like that. But in the movie, Andre the Giant's in it. How can you not love Andre the Giant? Some of you are like, who? Anyway, in this movie, Indigo Mantoy is a great swordsman who was on a quest to revenge the death of his father. And he is fantastic. And he'll come into these battles with other swordsmen. And when he fights, he always starts out fighting his duels left-handed. And if he begins to be beaten by one of these great swordsmen, he will smile to himself and he'll say, I know a secret that you don't know. I am not left-handed. <laughs> and there are moments when I am struggling and when I am falling apart and when I'm limping along that I smile to myself and I'll say, I may be struggling in this life, but I know that this life is not the life I was created for. And someday... I'm going to be in heaven. I'm not left-handed. The Lord is my mighty right arm. Yes. Because he's promised us eternal life. Because he's put this treasure in jars of clay, of fragile clay pots, just like you and just like me. And it's in this treasure that gives us hope. It's this treasure that gives us the power to limp toward the treasure line. Last week we talked about these fragile jay claw, uh, clay jars and the treasure that's deep inside of us. And now Paul is going to encourage us just a little bit more. If you want to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 
We're in verses 7 through 12 today. This is what Paul writes. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Who's the great power from? Not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. Now, listen, I come from a long line of uh, hypochondriacs. Anybody else in here have that disease? (laughs) Hypochondria. You know, I know I'm dying. I'm just not sure of what today. I'll tell my wife it drives her insane because I'm always sick and I'm always got something wrong with me and I'm sure I'm not going to make it to the next day. And I'll say, Erica, I think I'm dying in overly dramatic fashion. And she'll say to me, you are dying. Everybody is dying every day. So hang in there. I can't believe your mother passed that on to you, the hypochondria disease. But as you get older, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but old people, they like to talk about what ails them. Have you ever heard them do that? Well, I've got a corn on my foot. Oh yeah, well, I've got two on my left foot. And we go on and on. When I get together, with my, I used to get together with my grandpa and we'd go down to the C store, which was the local gas station. And it was interesting. He always would joke with me on the way home uh, about all these old people that were younger than him who would talk about all that ails them. But the truth is, is the more we fall apart, the more the glory of God is shining in us as our dying bodies, as we go every day, limping towards the finish line, we are being reminded of the truth and the treasure that is inside of us because God has called us and claimed us as his own. And we have given our lives to him. And because of that, we have hope. It's not because of these bodies that house the soul that lives inside of us. It's because of this joy and this treasure and this hope and this promise that shines within us. So turn to the person next to you and say, you have a great treasure inside. You have a great promise inside. And so this is what Paul says. The power of God is what makes us strong, not the power of us. And the only way we're going to make it through is by trusting that power. Because friends, this is what I want you to hear today. God cares more about what's going on inside of you than the things that are outside of you. He cares more about your soul and your spirit and your relationship with him than he does about the challenges of your life, your physical life, your mental life, your emotional life. And he has called you to victory, the fellowship of the cracked pots. We are on this journey with him. And he says, we are hard pressed, but not crushed. Anybody else in here a certified diver? Nobody. Okay. I got one. Good. There's one of us in here, two of us in here. So as a diver, one of the things that you learn is You have to be careful about how deep you dive and the rate of your descent. Because the deeper you go, the greater the pressure. Right? You even know this when you die. Have you ever gone 10 feet deep in a pool? What do you have to do when you're 10 feet down? You have to equalize the pressure, right? A submarine that is going deep can only go deep if it equalizes the pressure inside of the submarine that's 
is great as the pressure outside of the submarine. And here is the truth. If you are not careful about how deep you go and you don't have an internal pressure that is as great as the external pressure, it will destroy you. It will crush you. But Paul says we are hard pressed, but not crushed. Now, sometimes we feel like that in life. We feel the pressure. Anybody ever feel like, you know, there's just so much going on. You don't know how much more you can take. How many of you are struggling financially? How many of you are struggling with health issues? How many are you struggling with the loss of someone that you deeply loved? How many of you are struggling with depression or anxiety today? How many of you are dealing with fear? How many of you are scared to death of COVID and what it might do to you or to your family or to this community or to our culture? Whatever the pressure is that you're facing today, Paul says that because of the power of God that dwells within us, we will not be crushed. We will not be crushed. Listen to what 1 John 4, 4 says. For the spirit that lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. So the power of God, the that he, the pressure that he exerts that is inside of us, the power that he gives us, the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is greater than the pressures of the world that come upon us. For we have this treasure in jars of clay. The second thing that Paul is going to say to us today is we are perplexed, but we are not in despair. That the word perplexed is what he uses in the New International Version, not what we read earlier today, but I thought it was better simplification for what we're talking about. He says we are perplexed. You know what the word perplexed means? It means baffled, confused, bewildered. And we are perplexed. Have you ever asked the question why? God, in the moments of my greatest trial, why would you allow this to happen? Why would you allow this challenge to be before me, God? Why do you trust me so much to get through these challenges? Because I don't have the strength. I don't have the power. I'm limping too much. I can't see the promise line ahead of me. You see, the reason we ask why is not an academic thing, right? Have you ever asked a soul had a soul prayer to God go unanswered. You know what a soul prayer is? It's not something that's elementary, my dear Watson. It's not something that's petty. It's not something that we're praying about that's just, you know, run of the mill. Soul prayers are those deep, heartfelt things that you pray about that you're struggling with or that you're asking God for. Have you ever been grieved or wounded and you wonder where God is in the midst of your hurt? Because life doesn't always make sense. Why does the young mother of three die, leaving a grieving husband and child behind, children behind? Why do cancer and disease take people that we love way too early? Why are there single people who wish they were married and married people who wish they were single? Why are there widows and why are there orphans and why does hunger exist and why is there poverty? And why, oh, why is there so much hatred in the world? And why, oh, why do we have to deal with COVID now going on two years? You see, the most heartfelt questions that we ask are not asked in some sanitary classroom or some Bible study. They're asked in moments of deep reflection and pain when we simply want to know why. But even when we're perplexed, we are not in despair, for we have these treasures in jars of clay. 
Maybe that's why Jesus told us, John chapter 16, here on earth you will have many trials and... But take heart, because I've overcome the world. So even when we have questions, we know that the enemy is going to throw sorrows our way and that we live in a broken, sinful world. And because of that sin, even though we are redeemed, we still have to live with the consequences of a sinful world. And that means that there's going to be mean people and evil people. Jesus said the rain falls on the righteous as well as the unrighteous. Because, friends, this world is not our home. This is not what we were created for. And I've got a secret for you. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. He goes on to say, we are persecuted, but we are not abandoned. Last week, I had the privilege and honor. It's one of the great honors of my life. Um, our, Our missions director, Connie, set this up for me. Everybody say, hi, Connie. Tell Connie that you appreciate what she does and for our church and for the kingdom. Say thank you. Can we say thank you to Connie? (laughs) Listen, Connie set me up with one of our missionaries and I can't tell you who, uh, but I can tell you that this week I had the privilege of teaching 12 students who are from a Muslim country that is closed where they don't have access to Bibles. They don't have access to churches that can meet in public. They are constantly being persecuted. Uh, They walk around in danger for their life. And out of these 12 students, I just wanted to know, I said through my interpreter, I said, How did you come to know Jesus? And what they said shocked me. At least half of them said that they came to know Jesus because Jesus appeared to them in a dream or in a vision and led them to other Christians. Now, 15 years ago, I might have been like, oh, come on, this hocus pocus thing. But listen, Joe, Joe and I were talking the other day and Joe said to me, he said, listen, I talked to my contacts who are in Afghanistan. And do you know what they tell me? They tell me that that. The Afghani people are living out the book of Acts right now. And God is moving. Listen, if people don't have access to scripture, if they don't have access to other things, how do you think that God is going to talk to them? Dreams and visions. And I would have questioned that before, but now I see it in places where the enemy has his foothold, where there is darkness. Jesus is bringing a light. One of my friends, one of my friends that I talked to this week who is a missionary... Uh, to this closed country said to me, Shane, I was talking to a believer who just became a believer in Jesus recently. And he said, even though I have just recently come to Christ, he said, I know that my life is in danger every day for my faith, but I feel more peace today than I have ever felt in my entire life because we are persecuted. Although we're persecuted, we are not abandoned. Why? For we have these treasures in jars of clay. The next thing he says is we are struck down, but we are not destroyed. Anybody alive in 1985 beside me? Raise your hand if you're alive in 1985. Uh, So there was this movie that came out that I went to the movie theater to see. It was Rocky Four. Anybody remember that movie? Remember the Cold War still going on? We don't know that it's going to end in four more years. And that Reagan is going to make that brilliant speech in Berlin about Mr. 
chairman, tear down this wall. Maybe he said president. I can't remember. I was only like um, 13. So anyway, we're in the movie theater. And it's the story of a young under, well, he wasn't so young then, but an underdog American fighting this hulking Russian boxer who's been given steroids and the most advanced training. And this Russian was so dangerous that he'd killed other boxers in the ring. In fact, he killed Rocky's best friend, Apollo Creed, right? And I will never forget that final boxing match when Rocky is battling this Russian. And this Russian is destroying him. He's knocking him to the ground. But every time he gets knocked to the ground, Rocky gets back up. And I'm not lying to you. This is the only time I've experienced this in a movie theater. As he was getting knocked to the ground time and time again, the people in the movie theater started chanting, Rocky, Rocky. It was insane. I'm like, he's not really here. You realize he's on the screen, right? But they were chanting, Rocky, Rocky, Rocky. And Rocky, his face bleeding, disfigured and disformed, his body battered and bruised, gets up time and time again until he defeats the enemy against all odds. And what is the lesson for Rocky, from Rocky to us today? It's the same lesson I tell my children. It doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down. It just matters how many times you get back up. And so keep getting back up. Even though we are struck down, we are not destroyed. And friends, when you are limping along, you have a father that will run to you and put his arm around you. And carry you and walk you to that finish line. For we have this treasure in jars of clay. And friends, the same promise, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, according to Romans chapter 8 verse 11, lives inside of you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit. And for us, the fellowship of the cracked pots, we have hope. For we have this treasure in jars of clay. So take heart. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I want to end with a story today about Napoleon. Anybody know who Napoleon was? Anybody alive when Napoleon was reigning? Don't look at the person next to you. We want to support marriages in this congregation, not tear them down. Napoleon was facing one of his greatest foes. And as he was watching on the hillside, he saw his army being pushed back. Soldiers were dying in the battle lines. And so he summoned the drummer boy to him and he said, son, sound the retreat. And he waited for a second. Nothing happened. He said, son, I said, play the retreat. As more and more of his soldiers were dying and the little drummer boy did nothing. Finally, Napoleon looked down at this drummer boy and he said, son, I said, sound the retreat. And with tears streaming down the little drummer boy's face, he said, I don't know how to play retreat. I've never had to play it before. And Napoleon took a second. He looked back over the battlefield and then he said, then sound the charge. Later, they would say that 
Napoleon's greatest victory on the battlefield was accomplished because a little drummer boy didn't know how to sound retreat. Friends, when you are limping along, we can't give up because we are the fellowship of the cracked pots. We have these treasure in jars of clay. So today you need to make a decision not to retreat, not to allow the enemy to win, not to continue to allow the pressures of the world to confine you and to break you down. But you need to understand that you have been redeemed and you live with a promise and you live with a hope and that hope and that treasure is inside of you. Not only to inspire you, but for you to share with other people. For you have this great treasure in jars of clay that will give you hope today. Now let's pray. God, in the powerful name of Jesus, we pray today that you would give us the strength and encouragement that we need. Lord, help us not to be afraid. Help us not to to back down. And even when we're limping, Lord, would you remind us that there is hope, that the finish line is within view, and that it's not by our own power that we can limp toward it, but only by the power of the Father and the Spirit that lives inside of us. So whatever challenge my friends are facing today, the fellowship of the crackpots, God, I pray that you remind them that you are present in our lives, that you are right there with us, that it's through your power that we can make it, not of our own. And so, God, we pray that you would push back the enemies of darkness, that, God, that you would silence the lies that the enemy is trying to tell us, that you would help us to look forward to that day when we are reunited with us, when we are to shed these broken down old bodies and that you would give us a new body. God, we know that our soul is what lives forever, forever. And that you have promised us eternity with you that is everlasting. God, help us to live for that day as we try to take as many folks with us as we can, because we're all broken. We're all hurt. We've all messed up. We've all said things. We've done things we regret, but God, you redeem our mistakes and you allow our scars to tell a story. So help us to live boldly. Help us to live unafraid. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Now hold on. Don't go anywhere. They're not ready for us yet. In just a few moments, we're going to give you the opportunity. There's going to be a prayer team up here at the front of the stage. I'm going to be over here with some other folks if you need to make a decision about Jesus. Won't you come? Won't you join the fellowship of the cracked pots? Because it's the only way. You know, I I teach a Bible study on Tuesday nights over at uh, Margaritaville. And one of my dear friends is a guy by the name of Jim Wade. And I was lamenting to them. Remember, I have hypochondria. It's a real disease. And um, I was talking to Jim. I was talking to my Bible study. And I said, you know, I I hate getting older. You know, I'm a little less spry. I weigh a little bit more. I forget more things. My kids are driving me crazy. How am I going to survive four kids under the age of six? You know, are, do you guys ever get upset about being old? And Jim Wade started the conversation. And I will remember this the rest of my life. He said, I don't get sad about being old. Because every day I'm alive, I know that I'm one day closer to the Father. And that change in perspective was so important to me. So limp along. Keep on moving, friends. Because the best is yet to come. We, the fellowship of the cracked pots. I'm going to pray for our lunch. And then we are going to sing a song of invitation. If you need to come today, please come. Don't forget, if you want to support the ministry here, to give to the buckets in the back. It's changing lives. And if that's one of the things you can do, then do it.
because we're sending missionaries into closed countries, into Afghanistan, into to Iraq. One of the things I love about this church is that we have a missionary in every country of the world or a mission organization. And this church has planted a church in every state of the United States or been part of it. You serve a church that is going out. And friends, hear me on this. We still have shoe boxes that need to be filled. If you're buying presents for your grandkids, make it an equal number of shoe boxes that you're filling up. If you don't have any grandkids, then take this as your opportunity to have grandkids. Joe said on Sunday, and this should hit every one of us deep within our hearts. For every two shoe boxes that we fill, one child will come to Christ. You don't think you're an evangelist. You don't think you have the words to say or you don't understand, you know, God well enough to lead someone else to Christ. This is your chance to make an internal impact on people. Won't you take one of those shoe box or 10 of those shoe box and fill it up? And as Joe said, and I love this, this visual. So when you get to heaven someday, some of those kids are going to be high fiving you for making an eternal difference in their life. Let's pray. And then if you need to come and make a decision for Jesus, I'll be over here. If you need prayer, because we're all cracked pots, come up here. Let us pray together because we are a family. In fact, they sang a song about it in the 70s that was a Christian song, I think. is We are family. No? Is that a worship song? I don't know. Okay, let's pray. God, you have created us for such a time as this. So help us not to be afraid. Help us not to give in to the hurts and the limps and the brokenness. But God, help us to live mightily for you. God, would you reign in our hearts and in our thoughts today. Help us to change our thinking, as Romans chapter 12 says, so that we may think about things that are noble and right and pure and good, as Paul writes in Philippians. God, we love you. Thank you for running to us when we're broken and limping. And God, thank you for taking us to the finish line. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, let's stand and sing.